amen. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, we are continuing our series entitled Deeper, uh, walking through what it looks like uh, as followers of Jesus, right, to uh, uh, have our, str- our faith deepened and strengthened. Uh, deepened and strengthened. We uh, uh, talked about last week about the parable of the sower, uh, right, uh, and uh, the different seeds that were sown, right, and talked about how uh, the heart of the matter is that our Christian life is about uh, the heart. It's about the heart. Uh, and so uh, we talked about what that looks like and basically this thought of, right, the Christian life. It's more than just simply uh, doing a bunch of things, right? It's more than just coming to faith in Jesus and that's it, right? Uh, uh, coming to faith in Jesus is just the start. Uh, and the call for us is to continue to live, right, in a way, right, as Colossians 2, uh, 2 verse 6 and 7 says, right, as we receive Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in uh, him. Uh, and so Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to be today. As you're turning there, again, want to say welcome. So glad that you're here today. Great to see uh, uh, some visitors here with us today. My name is Irvin Wasser. I serve as the campus pastor here at Tyler Town Church. We're part of the Living Hope family, one family, multiple locations. Uh, and so we're so glad that you're here with us uh, today. Matthew chapter 28, uh, this passage uh, is really, uh, you know, uh, can be seen as one of the creeds of the Christian life. Uh, right. Uh, this passage we see in the context of it, Jesus just uh, uh, rose from the dead. Right. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus isn't dead. He's alive and well. Uh, he just rose from the dead and he appeared to his uh, disciples. We see in the beginning portion of that in Matthew chapter 28. Then we see the religious leaders. Right. Uh, they're, uh, you know, spooked out. Right. Uh, uh, surprised at the fact that Jesus wasn't in the grave. And so they try to bribe some folks into telling a lie. Right. About what happened to his body. And then we see right about a week or so later him appear to his disciples, right, and give uh, this command, give uh, this call to them. Because he was getting ready to ascend only a couple weeks later. He's getting ready to go up to the Father and ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father. And before he does, he gives this command to uh, his followers, his faithful followers of him. And so Matthew chapter 28 Verses 16 through 20, right at the end of uh, the book here is where we're going to read. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. All right. And if uh, you don't have a Bible, the verses will be on the screen. This is what the word of the Lord says. Now, the 11 disciples, right? We know that there were 12, but there were only 11 because Judas at this point hung himself. Right. He betrayed Jesus and ended up uh, hanging himself. It says, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That word doubt doesn't speak to, right, to having lack of faith in who Jesus was. That word doubt in the original language speaks to hesitancy, right? To some of the disciples, man, they were hesitant to approach Jesus. Because remember, whenever Jesus was betrayed, all the disciples fled, man. They, they left him. And so there was a hesitancy, perhaps because of the shame that they had, right, to approach Jesus at this point in time. But even in the midst of that, we see Jesus, right, step in and give this charge to them, which we're going to get ready to read here in a second. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. I remember one of my favorite songs, right, as a kid, a pretty well-known song by a band called Switchfoot. It was called uh, Meant to Live. Meant to Live, Switchfoot, you know, a Christian band that ended up going mainstream, right? Uh, and this song has uh, some lyrics in it, right, that uh, speak to our life uh, since coming to know Jesus. And I want to read those lyrics to you, right, the hook of the song. It says this, we want more than this world's got to offer. We want more than this world's got to offer. We want more than the wars of our fathers. And everything inside screams for a second life. Right? We know that in Christ, we have a new life. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17 tells us that, right? If we're in Jesus, we've been transformed. We are a new creation in Him now. Right? We hadn't been reformed, but transformed. We've been remade. And as we see here with Jesus, right, this call and, and command that he gives to the disciples, this same call and command is for us as well. We have been remade, not just to simply coast into eternity as Christians. We've been remade, not just to simply settle with sitting down and, and coming to church every now and again and, and being good with that. No, no, no. We've been remade to make disciples. We've been remade, right? And because we've been remade, man, there is a calling on our life to make disciples. And so that's what I've entitled the sermon today. Remade to make disciples. Remade to make disciples. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, we do love you. We thank you for today, God. We thank you. God, for the opportunity to gather in your house, Lord, and God, to worship you, to exalt you, Lord, to get a chance to hear your word. God, I pray, Lord, as we walk through this text over the next few moments, Lord, I pray that, God, you'd stir in our hearts, God, a passion and a desire to, to be active in our faith, God. You didn't save us just to be dormant. God, you didn't save us just to sit or coast. God, we've been remade to make disciples. And really, right, that is the longing of our heart now that we know you. And so, Lord, teach us what that looks like. God, meet with us here today. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. As we looked at last week, right, the Christian life is a matter of uh, the heart. But as we see here, too, the Christian life also is a matter of uh, the call, right? Since our hearts have been changed, since we are different, man, the call for us is to answer the call to make disciples, to make disciples. And so over the next few moments, I want to walk through what that looks like for us in uh, uh, in our context, what that looks like for us here today and what Jesus really means by this. We know that Jesus, man, he stresses the importance of uh, making disciples here, right? This is really one of his last charges before he goes up to heaven. And all throughout, right, the life of the church, we've seen uh, thoughts given, right? Uh, we've seen uh, the reality of this call stressed 
uh, in those churches. I love what some of the, uh, uh, you know, our, our forefathers of the faith, folks that, uh, man, were solid, sold out for him, what they said about uh, discipleship. Uh, look at what Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, man, in this quote here. He said this, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Man, that's strong. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Look at what John Wesley said about discipleship. He said this, how dare we lead someone to Jesus Christ without adequate follow up. To do anything less is simply to beget children for the murderer. Strong. So simply put, right, the call for us as believers is to share the gospel with folks, right, to share the hope that's within us. See folks come to know him, but, but that's where it starts. That, that's just the beginning point. The call for us then is to step in and invest in the lives of those that are around us, man, and, and help them to grow into mature disciples who make disciples of Christ. The truth of the matter today is this. If we want to go deeper in our faith, church, we've got to understand this call, right, to make disciples. Before we get into the in and outs of what it looks like to make disciples, I want to walk through what a disciple actually is. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, what, what is a disciple? Man, I've seen that word, you know, all throughout the, the scripture, especially in the New Testament. I've heard about it, man. What, what does it mean to be a disciple? What does that look like? Well, we know, right, that word disciple in the original language, it speaks to a, a learner, right, a, a follower. Uh, you know, that uh, in uh, first century time, it was somebody that, uh, uh, you know, followed. You know, you had rabbis and stuff at that time, right? A disciple was somebody that followed this rabbi and, adhe- ad, you know, adhered to their teaching. Right, so took note of their teaching, listened to their teaching, if you will. But we see that Jesus takes it a step forward whenever he tells the disciples, hey, come and follow me. And so, so here it is. It, it's not just simply, a disciple isn't just simply somebody that follows Jesus' teaching. Right, a disciple is somebody that follows Jesus, that imitates him. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. says, hey, you know, be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. Right. It's this call to imitate Jesus, man, to follow him. First John two, six talks about that. A disciple is a committed follower of Jesus, man, who is not just committed to following his teaching, but also committed to following him and imitating his life. I tell you what, brother Dwayne, man, sadly, we've kind of mixed that up a little bit here. And, you know, in, in church life, got a lot of folks that, man, they like Jesus's teaching, you know, and they'll follow it to a degree. But they don't understand what it looks like to actually follow him and imitate him. And we see, sadly, right, that a mark being, you know, taking place in the life of uh, the church. Man, a disciple is an imitator, someone who imitates Jesus. And so can that be said of you today? Are you a disciple, disciple, an imitator of Christ? Is that you in your life? Now, real quick, as we see here in. Matthew chapter 28, I want to walk through, man, what it looks like uh, to make disciples. How do we do that based on what Jesus talks about? He, he lays it out right here. He lays it out right here. How are we to be folks that make disciples for him? I believe he lists out four different things. Number one, right, the first step for us is to acknowledge who Jesus truly is. To acknowledge who Jesus truly is. Jesus said, man... Hey, all authority has been given to me. He's able to make that statement because, man, he understands he is the Lord. He's in control, man. He's the sovereign ruler of the universe. 
And it speaks to his authority, man, seeing Jesus as ruler. It reminds me of that story one time about the governor of Massachusetts, right, that was running for uh, re-election, man. He was up for re-election. Uh, and, uh, man, he's going, doing his thing, politicking, you know how they all do politic and all that stuff. And after uh, he's done, man, he was real hungry and ended up going to a church picnic. You know, I'm assuming it was a Baptist picnic cause, just because they had a picnic. I mean, church was like, hey, you know, it's Baptist, man. We love, love that food. So, man, he, he goes to this picnic. Shows, you know, gets in line and there's, you know, a, 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 you know, a lady there that's uh, that's serving there, an older lady. And uh, it gets to his turn to get some food and the lady puts one piece of chicken on the plate there. And uh, the governor's like, hey, excuse me, ma'am, can I get another piece? And the lady's like, nope, I've been told that I can only give one piece, you know. And so he asked again, the lady says, I can't help you. And then finally, right, the governor wanted to use his clout and tells her, hey, excuse me, ma'am, do you, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of Massachusetts. And the lady says, oh, that's nice and good, but hey, I'm the lady in charge of this chicken here, and you're only getting one piece. <laughs> and so you can go ahead and go on. You can go ahead and go on. Hey, right, hey, that lady, right, she had authority over the food that was being given, right? And she had the right to give the command of that governor, even though, man, clout and all, he had the right to give the command of that governor to go ahead and move on. Hey, listen, in the same way, right? Hey, Jesus, hey, remember this, we talked about it before. Whenever we came to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, man, listen, we surrendered our rights. Surrendered our rights. We no longer live for ourselves, man. Hey, it, it, Jesus, right, who, who lives in us, he's the ruler of our life. And so, hey, bless God, he has the authority, right, to, to give us this command because of who he is. Man, because he has all authority, man, he's the, he has the authority to call us to do this, do this. By the way, let me go ahead and throw this in for no charge, right? I know it talks about there, you know, all authority has been given to me. There's some folks that like to use that to say that, you know, Jesus for somehow wasn't fully divine, right? So that he assumed his divinity at some point during his life. Well, that's not true, right? So that that uh, is here. So we know that Jesus, man, not only had all authority because he was God, right, in, in flesh, man, but he exerted his authority all throughout the scripture. Matthew 7, 29 talks about, man, he was, uh, ex- you know, exhibited his authority in his teaching. Uh, man, the next chapter over, Matthew 8, 1, man, he exercised his authority in the healing, right, uh, that took place throughout his ministry. Man, he even exercised his authority in forgiving sins uh, during his time. So Jesus, man, he always had authority. Man, the statement here is this, man, because Jesus has authority, Right, not just over all the universe, but authority over our life. He he has say so on what we ought to do and the calling that he has placed on us. Because of who Jesus is. Man, he's been given all authority and the call to us to make disciples. Man, it's an important call and we can walk in that. Which, by the way, man, that, that ought to be encouraging for us today. Stepping into making disciples here, man. We know that this isn't just some quack that gave us this call, right? It's the God of the universe that gave it to us. And so we can exercise this call, man, in faith, right? And not being fearful of it because, man, Jesus is in control. He's in control. And so the call for us is to respond, man, to obey confidently. No matter where he leads in our life, man, the call for us is to obey this command. Hey, how do you see Jesus today? For some of us, right, we hadn't been active in making disciples because we have a skewed view of who Jesus is. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. Hey, the way that you view Jesus is going to lead to the way that you choose to worship him. Not just with your lips, but with your life. And so choose, man, to acknowledge Jesus for who he really is. Right? That's the first step right, for us making disciples. Second step for us that we see here, right in the scripture. We see it here. Second step and what it looks like for us to make disciples is this. Choosing to be intentional on the mission. Choosing to be intentional on the mission. I love how Jesus is super clear. He, he gathers them together and he says, all right, listen, man, because all authority has been given to me. Hey, here's your assignment. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Which, by the way, that word go. Right. Let me go ahead and give you a little, little theology lesson. I've said it before, but I usually charge you for this. But I'll go ahead and throw it to you three free of charge. You know, that word go in the original language, right, is in what is called the uh, the uh, passive uh, mood. So so literally that means this, that it's not uh, an active, right? It's not a charge. It's not a command. Right. Uh, uh, The word is a participle, meaning, you know, going. So literally, as you are going. Make disciples. And the word being in the passive tense is not to, uh, is is an action being done upon the individual, not to, you know you actually essentially doing the action to an extent. And so what that means is, I'll just put it to you simply: because of who God is, right? And as the Lord leads your life, as He leads and you're going, make disciples. As He leads and you're going, make disciples. What, what do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean by that? In every season of life. As he's leading you, hey, when things are great and when things aren't great, hey, make disciples. Listen, whenever you feel like you're not able to do it, right, have these insecurities rise up in your mind and in your heart, it doesn't matter. Make disciples. Make disciples. We see, right, that call that Jesus gives to make disciples as one that speaks to intentionality. Man, it calls for us to Move. The command is not to go, right? The command is actually or to make disciples. Make disciples. And that speaks to a call to be uh, intentional, man. Because it's active. Meaning this, hey, you, you can't make disciples based on osmosis, man. It's not just going to happen. It takes intentionality. It takes movement. And so what does that look like for you in your life? Real quick, what, what does that mean, right, for us to uh, to be intentional, in this process of making disciples. Man, number one, that, that looks like this. Being intentional in building relationships. Building relationships, right? This call to make disciples, it, it's about people at the end of the day. It's about people. And connecting with people. Building relationships. You say, Pastor Irv, where, where do you see that? You see it all throughout the life of the first century church. There's one case in particular in Acts chapter 9. You, you might have read it before, right? You remember that dude Saul, man, who was uh, sending Christians to be killed? Right. He was ravaging the church. What Acts 8 talks about. He ends up getting saved. Right. Uh, Radically saved on this road. And then all of a sudden we see God call a man named Ananias to step into his life. Right. And and help him to to receive his sight again. Hey, that's a relationship there. And then afterwards. Right. Saul appears to the, the new Christians that are there. You know, there are several that were there. And all the Christians were spooked out saying, wait, wasn't this the guy that. You know, was killing Christians. And God encouraged and said, hey, take him in. Take him in. He's changed. His life has changed. And they stepped in and invested in him. Poured into him. They were intentional about those relationships, man. 
It's about those relationships. That's what discipleship is about, man. It starts by, by building relationships. You Here it is. You can't make a disciple out on an island in your life. You've got to look to be intentional about building relationships with people. Here, here, here's where we've mixed it up, Brother Cliff, sadly. We stripped down this idea of discipleship, right? Making disciples, making, you know, imitators of Jesus. We stripped it down to simply just a class that you got to attend every now and again. In our mind, right, if we attend a class, that, that means we're making a disciple. And that's not it at all. It's more than that. Yes, a class can be used, but it's more than that. Discipleship is about life on life with people, inviting people into your life, building relationships with people, connecting with them. It means making friends. Hello. Making friends with people at the church, people that you're sitting next to. Making friends with co-workers that are outside of the church. Man, they're taking them in. Man, we've got to be intentional about building relationships with people. Man, if we want to make sense, we want to answer this call. So what does that look like in your life? Man, I understand, hey, for some of us, man, margin, we, we just don't have a ton of it. We don't have a ton of it. And so, you know, in your mind, whenever you think of, right, building relationships, you're thinking of having somebody over your house every single day of, of the week. Which, by the way, you could still do that even in the midst of the craziness. You know, you could still... Folks coming, but you're thinking, man, there's no way for you to be able to do that. Well, man, let me encourage you. Hey, intentionally find a way to. Whether it be through a phone call. Hey, we, you know, Zoom. I know they've lost a lot of stock now, man. Pandemic's kind of slowing down a little bit, but Zoom, Google Meet. You know, just find a way to connect with folks. Man, be intentional. Whatever, whatever that looks like, man. Look to build relationships with folks. Man, so that we can step into their life and encourage them. Hey, we got to be intentional about building relationships. Hey, you cannot answer the call to make disciples, church, if you're intentionally choosing to live an isolated life. I believe I'll say that one more time. Hey, you cannot answer the call to make disciples if you're intentionally choosing to live an isolated life. And so, man, be intentional about building relationships with folks. And then we see, secondly... Here, man, not only we've got to be intentional about building relationships, we've got to be intentional about building bridges. Look at the rest of this call. It says, go therefore, right? So as the Lord leads in your going, make disciples. That's the command there. A lot of, a lot of times we just we stop right there. Look, look at it says after that. Of all nations, of all nations. That word nations in the original language, it's that word ethne, right? Speaks to uh, race. That's where we get our word ethnicity. Jesus says, hey, not, don't just make disciples of people that look like you. Hey, look, look to make disciples, man, with all, make disciples of all nations. All nations. Man, this gospel, man, is for anybody. For anybody. And so we ought to be folks that look to make disciples of all nations. That starts, right, what that looks like for us is, man, choosing, man, to build Bridges. Yes, it speaks to a missional call, right? Some folks are called to go overseas on missions. I encourage you, if you're able to do that, to go and do that. But but that's that's not the extent of it. The nations have come to us, by the way. And so the call for us is to look to be intentional with building bridges with folks that may look different than we look. I uh, think of a, a family in my life. I think I've talked about them once or twice before. But growing up, 
Um, you know, I've, I've said it before, you know, I love sports. I got my football jersey on, but my, my favorite sport was actually martial arts. I grew up doing a lot of martial arts, Taekwondo. Um, and, um, you know, and part of the reason why I actually started doing that were a couple reasons. One, fifth grade, I started in fifth grade because, man, that was like one of my worst years in terms of discipline, man. I wasn't a good kid, got in trouble often, and I was a little pudgy. So my mom was like, yeah, you got to start, you got to cut, cut a little bit of that, that baby fat there, man, get rid of some of that. And so, yeah, that's why I jumped in and did it. But there was a family that connected uh, with us called the, you know, the, the Noe family. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we didn't have much in common with them. They started, you know, uh, participating in Taekwondo soon after we started. Uh, white family, older, kids were grown, out of the house. Uh, but, you know, they embodied this intentional uh, connection, right? How did they do that? Man, they invited us over to their house. I'll never forget. Man, they had a big pool over there. They invite us over to their house to swim, man, to hang out with them. You know, made microwave, uh, you know, burritos. Man, I used to love them things back in the day. I know the nutrition value is a negative, probably negative <laughs> nutritional value now. But, uh, but, man, I used to love them things, man. We made microwave burritos and just, man, hung out with us. They could have used the excuse of, man, you know, my parents being from a, a different country, right, or us being a different race, man. But they loved us for us. You know, we weren't involved in church at all at that point in time. But, man, they loved us for us. And they were intentional about building a bridge to become friends with us. Man, so they could step in and share the hope of Jesus with us and invite us to church. And, man, they invited us. I never forget seventh grade. Had probably count on one hand the times I had been to church in my life prior to that point. And they invited us to come to a Christmas service. And, listen, we came because of that bridge being built in their life. And they loved uh, and so I've been super reflective of that now because, you know, Mr. Noy uh, just got news that he passed away earlier on this week. And so I, I've been real reflective of that thought of, man, this is, a, this is a guy, this is a family that embodied, man, this call to build bridges. And in the same way, church, hey, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to do the same thing. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. And so we can step in and share the good news, step in and encourage folks. Because here, here's the reality. We know it to be true, man. Hey, the throne, room of heaven, right, whenever we get to heaven, it's not just going to be filled with folks that look just like you. We know, man, one day, right, that there's going to there's be a day, man, whenever we get to glory, that there's going to be folks from Tennessee, Taiwan, and Tanzania all worshiping the Lord together. Hey, we know one day, man, there's going to be saints from Morocco, Moldova, and Minnesota that are going to be in glory, worshiping God one day. We know that there are going to be saints, man, from, you know, the the south, the midwest, and far out west that are going to be worshiping God one day. And so, listen, we ought to be folks that are intentional about building bridges, folks that may not look like us. Man, so that we can step in and encourage them in their life. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? I know for some, man, that's a big step. Big step. But man, that's part of the call that Jesus gave us. Make disciples of all nations. So maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I... Pastor Irv, this already sounds like a lot. It seems like you're already calling me to... Start a Sunday school class, which I'm not. It seems like, man, you're calling me to, you know, man, step out and hang out and have four-hour powwow sessions with that person at the, you know, at the workplace. No, I, 
not necessarily calling you to do that. I am calling you to be intentional, though. And for those of you who feel like this is an overwhelming thing, hey, let me encourage you. Hey, start with one. Who's that one person in your life that God's put in your heart and life, man, to step in and be intentional about building a relationship with? Who's that person in your life, man, that, that you know that looks different than you? you know that needs the Lord, man, that God may be leading you to step out. Courage, man. Hey, it starts with one. Start with one. Start with one. Hey, the call. if we want to make disciples, man, it looks like us being intentional and building relationships. Thirdly, let me go ahead and move on. Thirdly, got two more and then we're through. We see it here in the text. What does it look like to make disciples, right? Thirdly, it looks like this, choosing to invest in lives. Choosing to invest in lives. It's not just being intentional about building bridges, man. It's actually, man, stepping in and be it, and investing, right? Investing in the lives of people. Jesus, man, he lays it out cleanly. I love how he gives the how here. He doesn't just say, hey, go and make disciples. Hey, f- figure it out on your own. You know, disciples, you know, the disciples that were followed, hey, go ahead and figure it out on, on your own accord, man. He, he gives the, the how here. He says, man, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He gives the how there. He gives the how. Right, evangelism, right, and uh, shepherding, pouring into, right, uh, a teaching, if you will. Which, by the way, let me go ahead and throw this in for no charge, right? That's what discipleship is. Discipleship, man, you could see it as a coin. With evangelism and shepherding being two sides of the same coin. It's a both and. It's a both and. And the call for us is, man, to step in and invest in lives in that way, right? We invest by sharing the gospel with folks. That's the baptizing part there, right? As you go about, man, making this up, say, this is what it looks like. You know, baptizing them. We know that baptism, right, is an outward expression of an inward reality. Jesus isn't saying there, hey, man, the way that, you know, folks get saved is by baptizing. We know that that's not true. Right? As you share the good news of Christ and folks come to know him, the call for you, right, is, man, that next step is to baptize them. Right? It speaks to evangelism. Speak to evangelism. Sharing the hope of Jesus with folks. This is where it starts. Discipleship starts with the gospel. And listen, as we share the gospel, folks are going to come to know him, right? When they choose to respond, and our response is to baptize them. Here's the question, right? Man, who are we sharing the good news with? Who are we sharing the good news with? We talk about that often here, right? Our our mission, right? Part of that mission of giving hope, right, is, man, sharing the gospel with folks. Man, who are we sharing Jesus with? We know that was the M.O. of the disciples. Matthew 4.19 tells us that. When Jesus said, hey, he said to these folks that were fishing, right, that he called to follow him, said, hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so, man, who are we sharing this news of Jesus with? Who are you telling? That's where it starts. I love this quote by Leonard Ravenhill pertaining to the gospel, man. It, it's a sharp one says this, could a mariner sit idle if he heard the drowning cry? Could a doctor sit in comfort and just let his patients die? Could a fireman sit idle and let men burn and give no hand? Can you sit at ease in Zion with the world around you damned? 
man, we ought to be folks that are investing man, our time in sharing the good news with those that are around us. Right, and that starts, by the way, with building relationships. A lot of times folks don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so that's part of that building those, those friendships and relationships with folks, right? Step in and share the good news, man, of Jesus with them. And aren't you glad somebody shared with you? Listen, the gospel came to us because it was going to somebody else, man. man so share it. So share it. Man, investing in lives looks like investing and sharing the gospel. But then, secondly, investing in lives looks like investing and sharing the word, right? This is that teaching that Jesus talks about. Here, right? And in our context, right? It looks like us investing and encouraging other believers, those that are around us, man, to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Encouraging them, man, to, to, to get into the Word and to spend time praying for one another. Man, this speaks to what Proverbs 17, 17 talks about, right? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This speaks to us having more than just superficial conversations, man, in the church house and in the midst of our groups, man. This is about us doing life on life together, man, and, and sharpening one another in love. As the scripture says, spurring one another to do good works. Man, this discipleship looks like us teaching. And so practically speaking, right, one way that we facilitate some of that here at Tylertown is through our family groups. We had our family group Sunday, right, our grouped in event last week uh, where we, you know, highlighted our groups. And a lot of you guys are in groups like that now, and you can speak to the value of, right, having a, uh, you know, a facilitated time when you're able to do this, right, in and amongst the group, but, but it goes even further beyond that. Who are those one or two people that, that are in your life, man, that you're connecting with every single week, that are asking you the hard questions, that are challenging you, man, to, to, to grow in your faith by spending time with God and in prayer? Who are those people? And who are those people that you're doing that for? Because, listen, we need those folks. What does that look like for you and your life? Here it is. I'll sum it up this way. Hey, the call to invest in others' lives isn't just for the preacher. It's for the parishioner as well. The person that comes. It's not just for the preacher. It's for the parishioner. Man, all of us have that call. Man, to step into the lives of other folks, man. Encourage them, pour into them, invest in them. What does that look like for you? Some of you guys, hey, you've got a ready-made opportunity to do that. You've got kids at the house that God has given you as your primary ministry. Man, hey, be intentional about investing in their life, finding intentional ways to do that. Some of you, God has put people in your life, man, that you know that he's calling you to step in and do this with. Man, step out in faith and do it. Out in faith and do it. Oh, Pastor Irv, man, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. You know what's so encouraging about this? Jesus is giving this command in the context to 11 disciples that literally just a couple of weeks ago abandoned him. He, he, hey, he, he's giving this charge to folks that, man, were not the religious elite. They were known as the bottom dwellers, right, of the social strata of the day. Man, but he gave the charge to them. And God used them. And so in the same way, friends, listen, man. Lean in the Lord, man. Allow for him to use you to invest in the lives of those that are around you. 
It's the third way we're able to make disciples is choosing to invest in lives. And then fourthly and lastly, and I'm, then I'm through. Right, what we see here, right, the fourth way that we're able to make disciples for the Lord is remembering his imminence. Remembering his imminence. His imminence just means a closeness, right, uh, being close. We see Jesus and the charge by giving another charge, by the way. For he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, that word behold, some, you know, Bibles say lo, right? That word is a command. It's in the imperative mood. It's a command in the original language. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hey, man, that's encouraging news, man. What Jesus is saying is this. Hey, remember, hey, this is another command I'm giving you. Remember that I'm with you in this. Remember, I'm with you in this. I know it's going to be difficult. Listen, some of you guys, you're probably going to end up losing your life. But but I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, so that means you don't don't have to bellyache. Hey, I'm I'm with you. That means that you don't have to try and do this on your own strength, because I'm with you. And so remember that. Remember that. Choose to trust. Choose to remember His nearness. Just remembers nearness. That's how we're able to make disciples even when we don't feel like it. That's how we're able to have that conversation, right, with that friend and, and, and continue to encourage them. Right, even though we feel like we're pouring from an empty bucket. is because we remember, man, that the Lord is, is with us. And we don't have to do this on our own strength. Man, I love what Isaiah 43 uh, two says, talking about the Lord being close, man, his imminence, the fact that he's near to us. Love what it says. It says this it should be on the screen there. It says, when you pass through the waters. I will be with you. And through the rivers, man, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, man, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you in our context I, I know this call to step in and make disciples right is one that is perhaps one would say maybe awkward you know because you're accustomed to simply coming and, and being simply coming and sitting which is great great and good But listen, man, what if God has called us to more? What if he's called us to more? Truth is, he has. He has. And so our response right, ought to be to remember, man, because he is with us, man, we can do this. And even when we're going through the fire. Even when the waves seem to be crashing on us. Just a reminder, right? The Christian life, it doesn't end at salvation. It just, it's just getting started. It's a matter of the heart, but also it's a matter of a calling. And the calling that Jesus has given all of us, right, is to be folks that make disciples. 
by choosing to understand, man, who he truly is, right? And, and he has all authority. He has the right to call us to this. By choosing, man, to be intentional about building relationships with people, right? Getting outside of the comfort of isolation, right? Which is detrimental to our faith, by the way. I'll just go ahead and say that, right? We need to absolutely get along with God, but living a life totally isolated from other Christians, I mean, is, is not healthy for us. By choosing to be intentional, right? By stepping in and sharing the gospel with those that are far from God. By choosing to step in and, man, sharpening other Christians, right, and teaching those that are around us, then by choosing to always remember, man, that the Lord is close. It's close. And knowing that this calling, friend, it's it's a non-negotiable. Right, this calling is one that's been given in every season of life, even though we may not feel like it. And choosing to respond accordingly. And so where are you at in this? Where are you at in this? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask for the band to come up. And for those of you who may be new with us, uh, this is our response time that we're moving to. And this provides an opportunity for us to settle our heart, just pause for a moment and hear from God and choose to respond accordingly. The Bible says in James chapter 1 that we're called not just to be hearers of God's word, but doers of it. And so this provides an opportunity for us to be able to respond. Maybe you're here this morning and, you know, just just being real, you've heard the phrase make disciples before and for one reason or another right the uh, the calling seems uh, too daunting for you and maybe you're, you're just getting back into church man we're so glad that that you're here right maybe you're in here and and, and you've been walking through fire Maybe you're here and just the, the, the margin and the season of life seems a bit too much. And maybe you're just thinking, man, I can't do this. Man, can I encourage you this morning? It's a joy and a privilege to be able to take part in the calling that the creator of the universe has given each and every one. And listen, we've been given everything we need. 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 9. Everything we need pertaining to godliness. Not only to live this Christian life out, but to be folks that answer this call, man. Make disciples. Jesus is with you. He's able to strengthen you. And so let me encourage you, man, just to get real with God and say, God, I'm in on this. Maybe it's seeking Him and asking, right, who that person may be in your life that that God's leading for you to step into and and encourage and pour into. Maybe He's put a person that's lost on your heart, man, that needs to know Jesus. And your response is to be intentional about sharing the good news with them. Maybe you need to jump into a family group. 
I don't know where you're at. But you respond. We're able to live this. Call out. Maybe you're in here and the reason why you can't make disciples is because you're, you're not a disciple. Maybe a good person. You may even ascribe to some of the teachings of Jesus, but as we talked about, right, a disciple is one that not only follows the teaching, right, but follows the teacher. It's one who has chosen to turn from their sins and trust in Christ and His completed work. And maybe you haven't done that, man. The good news is you can't. No one on this side of eternity is too far gone to receive mercy and grace. Like I said, I don't know where you are today, but I'm going to pray for us. And listen, as I pray, you do business with God. When I say, man, we're going to stand and sing. And maybe you need some extra prayer. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your life that you just need to let go and, and let God. The altar is going to be open, man. You can come to the altar and, and bow and lay those things down. Maybe you need to want to pray with somebody. I'll be down front. Some of our staff's in the back. Brother Rick Bradley, Chairman of Deacon, in the back. Listen, you do business with God. Do business with God. But let's be folks that understand that we've been remade to make disciples. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you for what you've done for us, Lord, and how that in you we are a new creation. God, we thank you that with that, Lord, you've given us a calling. Man, well, what? What an awesome thing. Some have said before, the call to make disciples is the great adventure right, of our life. We've got meaning. We've got purpose. We'll have to be called to vocational ministry to be a part of it. God, help us to see and understand that you've equipped us. And you've given us everything we need to be able to do this. God, help us to be intentional about building relationships with people friendships. We've got pouring into that lead to pouring into one another. God help us to understand the value of investment, Lord. Help our conversations to be more than surface level, Lord. Challenge me in that person. Help us to spur one another to good works. Knowing that you're always with us. We pray for those that don't know you, Lord, to pray that they choose to turn and trust in you. God, we ask that you continue to have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and sing together? And hey, you continue to respond.